0: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, James D. Anderson, and I am JD Anderson. And welcome back to another episode of the Hashtag Be Great With Your Money podcast. My name is James D. Anderson, of course, the host and facilitator of this podcast, where we talk about business, money, capitalism, and finance, and everything in between. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about everything, mortgages, and buying yourself a home. I'd rather be broke. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into it. So we're talking about mortgages today. We're talking about buying a home. We're talking about that American dream. We're talking about all those things that encompasses what many people want to do in America. And I got a special guest in the building today. Now, this gentleman knows a lot about the real estate game, a lot about mortgages, a lot about the marketplace of what you actually have to do to get yourself a house. And of course, I always want to bring in resources that can give you as much value here on this platform. So go ahead and introduce yourself, brother, to our listeners.
1: Hi, everyone. I am Marcel Dobine. I'm a mortgage banker at Quick and Loans. I help people buy
0: homes and get their American dream. I'm here to make your dreams come true. Awesome, sir. Awesome. Awesome. Now, um, so let's take it back, dude. Um, before we jump into like the the um you know, the mortgages, the the marketplace and stuff like that, just take it back to where did your passion actually start for real estate because when I was talking to you when, when we were talking I was like this brother knows what he's talking about he's very very into real estate so talk to the listeners about what's your first exposure how did you end up where you're at right now
1: I fell upon it just with my cousin uh, I moved back to Michigan and you you noticed when you were in school you're looking at what's going on in the market uh, how the the climate was changing back in 2008 2009 how what things were happening how things were happening that was occurring fast. So it was one of those things. I moved back, and I was just looking for a position to work somewhere. And she told me about quick and Loans. I said, you know what? I don't really know too much about the mortgage industry, but I just tried it out. But I ended up liking it because you, you, you find out just another world how things work when it comes to finances, when it comes to money, and being able to help people out to accomplish their goals. And my passion is being able to help people to get in that home and get that American dream because what you end up finding out is that once someone gets the keys in their hand, their whole world changed. Like, just having that complete ownership of having something for themselves, it really makes that person feel good and it changes their
0: whole life. Awesome. Awesome, man. And that's the thing about it, right? There's always how do you get people to hit their goals? You know, one of the biggest things I pride myself around is, okay, what can I do? What can I provide? What kind of value can I do to actually help people get to that particular point? Absolutely. And, you know, if people who, who's been here listening, if you're new here, you know, I always talk about financial tactics, you know, taxes, debt, credit, and stuff like that. And this is one topic that I honestly never really touched. And some of my listeners was like, okay, so when are you going to talk about mortgages? And I'm we like, about, well— We're about to jump in today, I'll well, tell you that. We're going <laughs> to jump in deep. We're going to jump in deep We're about today. to go right in today. <laughs> so— First off, biggest question that I get, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm new to the market. I'm ready to go. Um, I got a little bit of money in the bank. So I'm in the market to finance a home. What's the first step? What's step one I need to do? You need to talk to a mortgage banker, a loan officer, someone at a bank,
1: either at a lender, uh, to find out whether you'll qualify. So it's three factors how you qualify. It's income, assets, and credit. So you have to have a certain amount of income. Um, you have to have a certain amount of assets, meaning cash that you can have liquid in the bank or from a 401k or IRA or from some type of an account to where you can go in and readily change over the cash that's traceable. Okay. And then the next step is your credit. You have to have you have to be credit worthy to be able to qualify for the mortgage. With those three factors, um, I would suggest for you to get fully approved up front because in this market, especially in Michigan, uh, they look for highest and best when it comes to qualifying. And realtors that are um, with the seller, they help them pick out the best solution for them to go ahead and move forward. With you being fully approved, it's almost like being having the same as cash. So just take it for example. I like to give analogies with the things so you understand. Mm-hmm. If you ever sold anything like a vehicle or anything of any value, um, if you had two people that were coming to you or maybe three people that were coming to you and you had one offer that had a, a paper check, they wrote out a check from the bank. Uh, you had another offer that went and got a cashier's check from the bank, meaning that they went and used their money to go ahead to the bank and use the same amount of money that the car costs and change it over to a cashier's check. Mm-hmm. Or you had a person that was going to borrow money from one of their friends. Which one? Which option would you take when it comes to having that uh, that person, the choosing that person who's going to buy the home? I mean, I you buy the car.
0: I want those secure funds. You want
1: those secure funds mm-hmm. with the cashier's check, right? right? So that's the same thing you'll have with uh, with having an underwriter. Uh, getting fully approved up front, you have secure funds. So it's almost like you're being a cash buyer, mm-hmm. but you have a reputable lender backing you up.
0: Okay. That makes sense, man. So you you're coming to the table um kind of locked and loaded. Locked you and get- loaded. You're ready to shoot your shot. Yeah. You're ready. You Steph Curry ready. That's how ready you are. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Because I, I talk about that too with, with purchasing vehicles, right? You know, you gotta go in ready to go. And I like that you said that. So you said income
1: Assets and credit.
0: Assets and credit. Traceable
1: so, assets. So you want to have it to where you you have a paper trail. You can't go in and say, I'm going to put some cash in the bank and I'm going to use that. We want to know where that cash came from. Mm-hmm. Not saying you're a drug dealer. Not say you funding any type of organization that's illegal. But for a bank or a lender standpoint, they want to make sure they can trace the funds so they won't be held liable for what may happen.
0: Okay. Now, this is just a question to kind of throw out there. Um, what's the ratio of people that come to you that can be approved for a mortgage and got the income, the assets, everything in order, versus those who are not, you know, such in a great place to get started. What's kind of the ratio? Is it 50-50, 70-30? You'll be surprised. so Every person
1: is not the same no two people are the same no two people de- uh no two days are the same when it comes to the industry so you'll be surprised what you can qualify for because there's various ways how to qualify it's depending on the market you're in and mm-hmm. your s- specific situation. So you may have it to where you may not have the cash available for yourself but you may have it to where you can get a gift fund from a family member to go in and help you out so mm-hmm. that'll help you boost your your um, just you being able to go in and purchase a home uh, your options your chances of being able to buy the home. For people that has everything, like have everything like the income, the large income, the large amount of assets, the the best credit, mm-hmm. those are few and far between. So you might have like the minimum ten percent or you know maximum ten percent who are ready just like that, everything locked and loaded, or maybe up to twenty percent. For the rest of everyone else, it's all about what the lender can do to qualify. So since I'm in the qualifying business, I'm gonna find some way how to get you qualified. If right. I can't get you qualified, we'll put together a strong game plan to get you qualified in the future.
0: Okay. And that's a great segue into the next point. So you got conventional mortgages, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure people heard about, variable mortgages, things like that. So what's kind of your thoughts on, say, your conventional mortgages that Mm -hmm. people give versus other types of mortgages out there? And kind of give just a quick, quick, if you can do like a quick rundown of some of the common other types of mortgages out there that I think that would be great for the listeners. Okay, so you have conventional loans. I would say
1: you have conventional loans, which is your... Regular loans that to where I would say if you think of it like this think about Conservative versus liberal, okay, so your conventional loans are more conservative You have to have the income assets together at a certain point Mm -hmm. before you even play in the game when it comes to a F When it comes to like FHA VA loans or USDA Those are more so of your liberal loans that say hey, you know, we open up the guidelines for you You we, we stretch it out a little bit more for you to go to get qualified depending on just the criteria mm-hmm. uh, we'll make it open for you from there so with a conventional loan you have to bring a certain amount of money period to the table when it comes to buying a home right um, for FHA you just have to bring the minimum 3.5% as a down payment okay. if you're a veteran in the United States you can get a home loan with zero down payment okay and uh, USDA if you're in a rural area uh, let's say you live out in the countryside and the, the home qualifies uh, it's your first time buying a home you don't have any other homes at all, you can qualify with zero down payment too. So those are some of the uh, solutions that way. Now when it comes to uh, just on a conventional side, there are two different ways you can qualify for or two different options you have on a conventional loan. You can have a fixed rate that's locked in for a certain period of time, period. Then you have your variable rate or better known as an adjustable rate mortgage that's only locked in for a certain period of time, maybe five, seven, or ten years, and then it adjusts after that for the rest of the term. And it's based on a thirty year term.
0: Okay. Now with the conventional side of things, it's usually what is it, uh fifteen to twenty percent you wanna have ready to go or more than Absolutely
1: that? Absolutely not. You can actually go with a minimum three point three percent down as a first time home buyer. Okay. So three percent down is your first time home buyer. Absolutely. Let me drop a little, little jewel on you. Just because you bought a home before,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, doesn't declare you not being a first time home buyer. If you haven't owned that home and uh, owned a home period in the last three years, you consider another first-time home buyer really? just like that.
0: All right. That's awesome. So even if I – because a lot of people in 2008 lost their homes, right? Correct. So things melted down. Not, they went to their apartments. They stayed in their apartments and, you know, rented for a little while. Absolutely. And now since money was a little bit cheaper now where the market's at, they were like, okay, I'm going to buy a home. So they'll be considered a first-time buyer? Correct.
1: They'll okay. definitely be considered a first-time buyer because they haven't had a property in over three years. Okay.
0: That's what's up, man. Now, when you talked about having the, um, the income, the assets, the credit worthiness, how does a person get like that, that best mortgage rate? Like, How do they pinpoint down? How do they know they're getting the absolute best market rate that's out there? Uh, the, that's actually a great question. I think that's everyone's question because
1: first thing I get with a client, they want to know what's the best rate. Mm-hmm. So with rates everything is regulated nowadays so we all get the same rates all lenders get the same rates and i can't go i can't go no higher than what another lender can go because we get the same rates from the same market the thing that determines rates are based on credit is one of the factors so the higher, of course, the higher your FICO score is, the better credit, the better um, rate you'll get. Mm-hmm. In the mortgage world, perfect, uh, excellent credit is considered 740 plus. Okay. So that that means that if you, you have a 7, 740 median FICO score, um, with all three credit bureaus, your middle score is 740 plus, then you're going to get the best solution based off of that credit criteria just starting off. Now, other factors go, goes along with it, like the loan amount, um, depending on... Um, if you have a lower loan amount, there are more costs when it comes to the lower loan amount because the lower you go, obviously the bank wants to make more money or mm-hmm. any lenders want to make more money, so they have to go ahead and recoup their costs faster because you're paying a lower loan amount and you're more than likely to pay that loan off fast. Right. Um, it also based, is based on um, just the type of home that you're buying, whether you're buying a primary or a second home, which is considered like a vacation home or an investment property. Uh, those factors play a play uh play it, it's a hand or whether you are buying a condo so it's a lot of different factors when it comes to a rate we just can't give out the lowest rate based off of just hey you got an 800 fico score you get the lowest rate just like right. that it doesn't really work like that it's a lot of other factors that goes along with it but having the best uh credit does help when it comes to getting that best rate
0: okay i feel it so it's like it's, it's other factors that go into play. You're you're bringing some different aspects to the table um, right. when you're when you're going to get that rate. But really, I think the biggest thing, from what you said, if I hear you right, mm-hmm. the higher that score, the higher the score is going to
1: work out well for you. But yeah. there's other factors that goes along with it. And, and you know, I don't want to throw a lot of knowledge out yeah. there and everything because, of course, it can spin the wheels of a person right. who never did this before. Correct. So that's not my that's not what I'm trying to do. Uh, you know. It's hard to really be direct in this business because people want the direct answer, like, yeah, but in this business, there's so many different compensating factors that goes along with it. I wish I could just go out and get yeah. hey well for you, you get this, you get this right right here, you get that, and you go get everything, the low cost and all right. this stuff. It doesn't work like that
0: exactly. and this is just the same thing in a lot of different facets, right? You know like when I tell so many people about their FICO score, they're like, oh, well, you know, if I get more credit that, that boosts some of I'm like. You got payment history, exactly. you got left to credit, exactly. you, got, you got so many things. Exactly. That go along Whether you with get it. some dings
1: on your credit or mm-hmm. you keep <laughs> you keep having your credit pulled all around town, that's gonna drop it. So it's a lot of factors that go. It's not just about, like you say, just getting
0: more credit to boost up your credit score. Right, right. Now, if so this is just more kind of just a, a, a more personal question, you know, that I think could provide some people is that mm-hmm. A lot of people are really—I mm, won't say not trustworthy of the mortgage industry, but right. obviously because of 2008, right? right? Because of the mortgage mid-down, because you know Lehman Brothers and the whole collapse, yeah, absolutely—and it decimated <laughs> the economy, right? So you got some people that's like <laughs> tore oh, the whole country up, I right? Don't, exactly. I don't know about all that, yeah, exactly. So as far as far as the mortgage perspective and just you thinking broad-based macro, mm. um. The the investment products that's out there right now, right. Uh, dealing with mortgages and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts behind where the market's trending? You know, I know a lot of stuff is regulated now, right? But has a lot of that under under the table shady stuff has been cleaned <laughs> up, or we're going to get back to it. What's kind of your thoughts on that?
1: I, my thoughts are since the government has its hand in so much of it, um, and everything is completely regulated. If you can, if you put a person in a bad position now. You can literally either go to jail or suffer a big fine. So, I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of lenders want to put their reputation or themselves on the line. So, I don't want to mention one lender in particular yeah. because I don't want to. I hate throwing people on. Yeah. That's, I'm a professional. I don't throw nobody on exactly. the No, else. we don't do that. But if you Google a lender that's been in trouble for over a year <laughs> yeah. and they've, they've been in business probably longer than anybody else, you'll see what's going on with right. them because they're suffering for the, the practices they did with other people. So, they are really pinpointing. And locking down on even the largest lenders. Nobody is too big to fail when it comes to a lender and to not suffer from the government regulations that have to pay back money. So in a perspective for you being a a borrower or a person going to look for a home, you're in the best position possible when it comes to buying a home now because back in the day, prior to 2008, it was a wild, wild west. They were slinging guns. They were slinging (laughs) loans. If you were alive and you had a check, you get a house. Yeah. You get the biggest house you can afford, but then you end up seeing that your your the month of the monthly amount that you can afford really is a thousand, but you end up paying a, a mortgage of a two thousand dollars plus. Wow. So then now it's like you gotta figure out whether I'm gonna pay this home or I'm gonna feed my family. Right. And what you're gonna do, you're gonna feed, feed your, your family. family. So you're gonna let that house go. So that's what made this the meltdown come around because it wasn't fully explained or it wasn't in the benefit for the person who's buying a home. So now it's in a benefit. Everything has to be done for the borrower. Whoever's going out to look for the home, it has to be in your best interest only, uh, first and foremost. And then, of course, this is a business. Of course, you, the the lender wants to make money, of course, so right. you can't expect to get a free loan, low cost, no cost, and just get a free loan just like that. However, it's got to be in your best interest, whatever, we're trying to, um, whatever pres- position we're trying to put you in when it comes to buying a home. It has to benefit you first.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they were... Man, they were doing uh Man, they stated were, loans. It stated was, <laughs> loans. Oh,
1: how much do you make? Oh, write this down on the crayon. You can get this house. I'm like, no, you don't yeah. do you don't do people like that because <laughs> if a person you gotta look at everybody's situation. If a person has a large family yeah. and you living off of one check, and of course you wanna have a roof over your head, but if you have such a large payment that you have to pay back every single month, you it's gonna be a headache. So what I tell my clients, I say, look. There's two things I want to do for you. I want you to find a home that you love. Absolutely. Find a home that you love. But I also want you to be in love with that payment, too. Like, to be comfortable with the payment. Right. Nobody literally wants to—I yeah. mean, let's just be real. I don't want to pay $200,000 to nobody. Wanna pay, nobody. Yeah, right. I don't want to pay $300,000 to nobody just over 30 years. Right. And then plus have to pay interest. Who wants to do that? Right. That's in, that's. Think about it. Who wants to just give away that money? However, if you have something that you love and you see the asset that's there, you see the value of you having that, and you can afford a payment, you're comfortable with that payment, and you love that home, then it makes sense. I say if you don't like the payment, don't get the home because no matter how good that home looks, somehow, someway, you're going to either try to get out of that payment by refinancing again or trying to find another Mm -hmm. solution, or you're going to sell that home. Guaranteed.
0: Right. And that's the thing, right? When you when you look at it from the the, the financial and the economic standpoint of how much you're actually going to pay, right? And I, that's why I try to move people to the to the aspect of okay, let's get out of consumer debt first, right? Exactly. Get oh out my consu- man, get out of consumer oh, yeah. debt exactly. first, and then <laughs> I mean, literally at that exactly. point, then you can start even mentioning that you want to look for a place. Absolutely, Mention. because you 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 know you do, it's it's a lot easier um, to to just look at it as far as a payment, right? Right. What, what a lot of people do, but the biggest thing that I see so many people miss is that okay, mm. you got wear and tear, you got maintenance, Ooh. you got upkeep. Exactly. You probably got about another forty to fifty percent of whatever that payment is. Exactly. And just <laughs> taking care of it, so you spend that thousand on the structure. Oh but yeah. But you got another three, four, five hundred on a monthly basis exactly. just to go into it. You know. Exactly. And I and I love the way that people do that. Um, that people are becoming a little bit more conscious about it. Right. Because it's been sold to to really Americans for so long that, you know, go to school, get the job, buy the house. Right. You are basically successful, you're making a middle class. But right. we know that fifty plus percent of people don't mm. have a thousand dollars. We know seventy six percent exactly. of people are struggling from check to check. Exactly. So exactly. So with the next question, like I know people tend to look at single family homes, you know, but mm. What's your thoughts on maybe be people becoming more savvy and maybe purchasing a multifamily, like living in one and using the other as an investment property? Go
1: for it, go for it. Especially if you're if you're young, and you're let's say say you're single or you're a married couple that don't have any children, or if it, if it's if you it's a mean, within your means to your living situation, depending on your family size, if you can go ahead and live in one and rent out the other, literally with FHA, depending on the lender that you go to. You can get a two to four unit by just putting down 3.5% as a down payment. So one of them will be your primary residence, and then the other one you can just go in and rent out, okay. and you can get you receive the money from there. Now, it's just dependent on the lender between the two to four units. Most mm-hmm. lenders just go two units. Some lenders that are out there to go to four units. Now, if you can't qualify for the FHA, you go for a conventional loan, you got to put down a larger down payment. Mm-hmm. Let's just say a minimum of 20 to 25%. But in the end, when you think about it, the money you'll make in the long run by living in one and then renting out the other two or three that's there, you're going to make way more money in the long right. run just by being there. And if you set your game plan up right, you can pay the home off faster or use that money towards buying another property, it really makes sense. Right. It definitely does. But it's just about finding the area you want to live in and you can go in and deal with the situation, you're good.
0: Right. And the biggest thing that I was kind of thinking about that um, that I saw was, you know, Greenfield area, Schaefer mm-hmm. area. So we're in the metro Detroit area. If you, Absolutely, but those are those are basically like the west side brick homes, a lot of duplexes, oh, right? Yeah. Oh Just yeah, a tremendous amount of duplexes. Some of them not so good condition, but some of them are in decent enough condition. Right. Where I was thinking myself, like you know what, that should be the play. You know, get the duplex, get this cheap, rent out the other side. Right. And you know. Make the income off of it. Absolutely. Put yourself in a position, if it's vacant, that you can take care of everything, of course. Right. But, you know, make the money off of there. And I I just, I don't hear that talked about as much anymore because I actually grew up in a two-family flat.
1: Yeah, I stayed in one, too. Yeah, you know, (laughs) so. I stayed in one, too, for uh, for a second. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: It was was common, you know, when I was really young, before I moved to Dre Row, you know, we stayed off of school craft. We stayed in a two-family flat. And then my parents actually moved. Off of Joy Road, and we had a you know single family home, mm-hmm. but you know for the longest, you know my family was very comfortable in staying in flats, and the goal right. was to own the entire building, and they would rent out the upstairs or downstairs to right. friends, families, other people, and I just and it kind of clicked for me as I was driving through the neighborhood because I heard so many so many like that's what my family did, and so many people don't mention that anymore. Right, exactly. So I think that's an awesome point. And when you look at it from, let's say the the more social aspect of doing <laughs> that, right? You know, a lot of What's people, right? A lot of people say I want to kind of stretch my legs. I want my own spot. I want my own castle. So, how do you cope with a person that maybe come come in and they're not in a position, but they want more house. They want their dream house as so they start a house. Right. What do you say to that person? you got to kind of rip the Band-Aid off.
1: When when it's about finances or anything like that, you can't string a person along because they'll think as a person, if you tell somebody that they can get something, they'll go for it and go get it in this business that I'm in. So you have to be choosy with what you say. So I have to be very direct with someone like that and say, Hey, look, Mm -hmm. I get that you want this home now, but on this budget that you have here, you can only afford X, Y, and Z for this payment at the most. So here's what we can do. We can either find a home in this area for this amount, Mm -hmm. or if you don't want to do that, let's set up a game plan to where you pay off certain debt. If you pay off A, B, C, and D, then that will allow you to have more money coming in. Don't create any more debt. Um, You make more money, of course, wherever you're doing. The more money you make, hey, more money means more money to spend for yourself. So now you're able to buy a larger home. But paying off more debt, like you mentioned earlier, Will help you out. Right. And let me just say this for anybody that's young, that's in school or about to go to school now, do not take out a lot of student loan debt. What's happening now is that, depending on what type of home you're trying to qualify for, if you're trying to do an FHA loan, you're The amount of money that you have that's uh, in total for your balance for student loans, you literally have to pay 1% of that balance. So let's just say, hypothetically speaking, you have a $50,000 balance that you owe on your student loans. It's going to be counted against you $500 per month against your debt-to-income ratio, meaning the amount of debt you have compared to your income is going to be a $500 payment added on to that debt, which is going to cause you to not qualify for a home. So a lot of people, we're not taught that in school. You know, of course take out the loans, go do what you got to do to go to school. Then, of course, we're not taught to go to school Mm -hmm. to make money. Right. Like, you know, pick a major that's going to make a lot of money if you're going to go to school because otherwise you're wasting time. And I I hate to be cutthroat like that, but it really makes sense to where if you're going to go to school, delay gratification. Work the job at night. Work the two jobs at night. Get your financial aid that's going to cover your classes. Don't take out any extra loans because – Whatever you whatever you're getting for free scholarships anything like that have it to pay for school only so when you come out of school you're free and clear that debt you have with student loans I wish somebody would have told me about that because you that that carries along it carries with you for a longer period of time and since it has such a low interest rate you don't really think about paying it off as fast but the amount of houses you want to buy is gonna you're gonna be hindered for the amount of houses you want to buy in the future because that's that has to be counted against you and that's a government regulation so I would suggest. Anybody out there, cut back on the student loans now. Don't take any out at, at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, just do enough to cover classes, and that's it. Um, find another means, another way how to make money, to pay for your your meals, or, hey, just live below your means. And then until you get out of school, you get your career, and you have everything going on, you start to make your money, now you can kind of live the lifestyle that you want.
0: Right. Expeditions to get at it. And and that's a that's the gauge, man. It's, yeah. it's literally... One percent. You know, it's one percent. It's one percent. It sounds small when you say one percent, but when you're talking about on a month on a monthly basis against five hundred dollars
1: against yeah. your against the amount of money you can you can pay. You could have a smaller pay well, people would say, Hey, I got a smaller payment. My payment is only uh maybe eighty dollars payback. Yeah, true indeed, but depending on the program and where your FICO score lands and the program you have to qualify for you'll literally have to pay that.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: you have to pay the $500, the five in your mind or in the, in when it comes to qualifying, it's $500 per month.
0: Right, right. Now, um, with that, I know one thing that uh, that I've seen people that I've worked with mm-hmm. that didn't really, they didn't really put it in the forefront. Right. Was PMI. Right. So explain to the listeners what PMI is, define it, mm-hmm. and how important it is to actually count that in what you're doing.
1: All right, so PMI is pretty much the lender's insurance if you default. So the lender has insurance just in case you foreclose on your home. You have to pay a certain amount of money per month, and they'll be able to get their money back when it comes to you defaulting and foreclosing on a home when they take it back. So they have to get their, they have to make their money back some way. PMI literally doesn't pay for anything. Mm-hmm. So in order to avoid PMI, there's two ways you can do it. You can put down a 20% down payment, uh, which majority of Americans are not able to do when it comes to avoiding PMI. Or you can do like a lender pay uh, PM or a lender pay mortgage insurance um, options where it's called LPMI. Okay. So you can go ahead and adjust the rate just a tad bit, maybe like a quarter of a point, and avoid that extra payment. So think about this. You may say, okay, well, I got to go to a higher interest rate. But if you're avoiding another $100 a month coming out of your uh, for your monthly payment, that's worth it all all the way. You got to right. think about payment-wise. What's what's really worth you moving forward ver, I mean, with buying a home versus just the interest rate? Because you mm-hmm. got to pay interest anyway. Right. And when you think about a quarter of a point, really, that's pennies on a dollar per month when it comes to a mortgage payment.
0: Right. And you're not locked into mm-hmm. to the extra money there. Now, exactly. when the... So let's say, for instance, you have a person that puts the 20%, mm-hmm. and this is a question I actually got directly from somebody, and I said I would ask it here. Um, if you have a person that pays off the 20%, does the PMI drop? It's gone. It drops. Now, there's a debate going around right now. Should you just keep paying that amount with the PMI to knock the principal down more, or should you take that money and start putting it into, like, your renovation fund? So let's say, for instance, the PMI is $200. bucks. Mm-hmm. My thought process of what I teach is I say, okay, you need to just keep paying it because you was living without of it, and let's reduce the principal. But then somebody brought up a good point. Well, you know, maybe I need to put that in my kitchen upgrade fund, or I need to put that in my re- my recarpenting fund. What's your thoughts on that?
1: So let me ask you this. So you say redu- reduce the principal? I just want to make sure we're on the same page. You mean that
0: they still pay the PMI? Well, they their PMI is gone, but that two hundred dollars they had they okay by principal. putting
1: twenty percent. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, sure. oh, yeah, if you, depending on how long you plan on living there. So, yeah. either way it goes, um, paying an extra amount of money per month on your mortgage will go strictly towards a principal. Mm-hmm. If you have a lender that you deal with that doesn't have any prepayment penalty, so you can pay the home off as fast as you want, um, that'll greatly reduce your principal, so you have more equity in a home. So, that counts if, if you want to do any renovations later on, you want to do like a refinance to do some renovations later on, or if you want to sell, when you're ready to sell your home, you will have more money that you receive towards the proceeds of the sale of the home Mm -hmm. to either move towards a new home, put it towards a new home, or put it towards... What you should Put it towards a new home Because you're going to Pay taxes right? Or whatever your Financial advisor Suggests I'm right. not going to say Anything about yeah, that yeah. I'm leaving right there There you go yep. <laughs> let me be, I, You got to be choosy Because I don't want to Put you in the right direction yeah, exactly. And then it'd be A whole nother problem
0: <laughs> And guys just to Let me jump in here We're not financial advisors Or something Right exact exactly That's why I just <laughs> Hey exactly Let me give
1: you a disclaimer <laughs> Like Marcel told me to put my money towards and yeah. so I owe all this money and said, No, I didn't tell you that. Of course,
0: of <laughs> course. Yeah, everything we share here is just uh, knowledge from what we've done. And these are just tips and tricks that you can be exactly. great with your money. Always consult your tax professional or CPA or financial advisor. Exactly.
1: I will suggest that. I'm on a mortgage then. <laughs> don't ask me about uh the tax loopholes. I don't know nothing about that. Don't don't ask me anything about that. Ask your, your CPA. Right, right,
0: right. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Now, kind of rounding it off, um, you know, just kind of um, a couple controversy things out there, right? Right. So if you're in a real you know who Grant Cardone is. Absolutely, correct? absolutely. Correct. So he has this he went viral on um, the thought process of that I rent where I live mm-hmm. and I rent out what I own. Right. So he was basically saying that okay, where he personally stays at, he pays rent. He right. doesn't have it or he doesn't own it. Mm-hmm. He just rents it for somebody. But he bu- he puts all his money in investment properties mm-hmm. and everywhere that he owns, he rents out. And a lot of people took a little, a lot of flack. He, well, he took a flack, and it became a polarizing difference because everybody said you should, if you can own other places, you should own your home. But he right. was like, well, I want to be kind of nimble. And I don't want to worry about the maintenance, the cutting of the grass, the water, the right. taxes, and all that. And I want to focus on building my business. So, what's your thought process on that? He has a strong game plan. So, I, I that's his lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm.
1: I seen where he lives. He lives in Miami. Uh, he stays. He stays off the water. Right. So, for him to be able to live there, and, and he knows. See. I'll say this. Life is about payments. So he knows how much he has to generate to pay A, B, and C for his household. Mm-hmm. And for him to be more free to, to where he doesn't have to worry about upkeep of a home, then that makes perfectly uh, sense for him because he's always constantly on the go. Right. He's a businessman that owns his own business. It's constantly going all over the world. So it might be to his best interest to be in that position. Now, for anybody else, uh, if you work a regular job, I'm not going to say a regular job, but if you have a job, you go to work every day, and you know you're going to be settled, mm-hmm. then it makes sense for you to buy a home. But if you know you're going to be leaving, you're not going to be here for a, lo- another, a longer period of time, you have a temporary stay, or you know you're going to be living somewhere else, you have another plan on how you're going to get to another level and make more money, and then you're going to go somewhere and then put you in a better position, then it's a, according to your plan. So I don't knock anybody's plan at all. Right. He's obviously making more money. Off of his investment properties Which he knows Is going to keep generating money For him Which allows him To run his business So I wouldn't say anything To go against a guy Who's a multi-millionaire right, <laughs> You know right. that's, It works for him It works for him You know yeah, That's all I say
0: <laughs> That's what's up Yeah It's just I love It's it's polarizing And the reason why I love that it's polarizing yeah. Because it gets people Thinking and talking about money Exactly Because it's one of the things That we just don't do Exactly and That's that's the key about it So um, I got another one here So this is just projections. This is mm-hmm. just talking. This is just us having a conversation here. Right? You think we're going to have something like 2008 coming up anytime <laughs> soon? All right.
1: So if you look at CNBC or you look at Fox News, which I look at all the time, you it seems like it's going to be a meltdown because of the housing prices are going up. Mm-hmm. But from my end and my perspective, and this is my personal opinion, my mm-hmm. professional opinion, I don't see that happening because everything is so regulated now when it comes to buying a home that you literally got to have your stuff together in order. Mm -hmm. It's very few foreclosures going on because of the um, amount of underwriting that goes along with uh, with getting somebody qualified. You're going to be in a position to where you know you're going to have to make this payment, and you're going to be in a great position to do so. Now, it's all upon you, totally upon yourself, to where if you want to walk away from your home the lender completely did everything they possibly can to tell you what you'll qualify for, to go over the information, to break down all the information when it comes to numbers for yourself, so you understand exactly what you're paying for. Mm-hmm. That way, you'll know once you go buy this home, you know it'll be a commitment. Um, a lot of times with people, what you have to do is set yourself up for success for the future. So you got to think about it. You buy a home, you have a furnace to take care of, a water heater upkeep. If you don't have a uh, ma- if you don't have a warranty on your furnace or a water heater, it goes out, may cost five to $10,000. Where are you going to get the money from? If you don't have any money to do so, then you got to think about a game plan, how you're going to save up money to have money to the side. So that's why I always suggest with people to save up much, as much money as possible, even if you don't bring all that money towards buying a home. You can bring a minimum amount towards buy, buying a home, keep the rest of the money in your pocket, Is keep it for just in case. And if you just consult your financial advisor, like I said before, mm-hmm. um, have somebody who's financially savvy tell you how to what to do with your money, or come up with a game plan for yourself, you should be okay. Right. Two thousand eight um, and prior, people were like literally getting homes. If you were alive, you got a home. Yeah. If you were you had so, a pulse. You yeah, got a home. Yeah. So, it, like I said, it was gunslinging <laughs> back in the day. It was a wild, wild west. So it's like now, it's none of that going on now. It's you, you somebody, you know buy a home and you're not really prepared to do so you kind of got to like evaluate yourself and you're ready to do that just know that you have to make those payments and do it in the best way possible or have a game plan you're going to be there for a certain period of time and then have a game plan you move to another home or sell that home do whatever you got to do but make sure you have a solid game plan you'll be okay
0: awesome that's i mean i couldn't put it Put it any better than that. Yeah, so because, you know, CNBC, they sell, so the news sells doomsday, right? It's drama. If they say, oh, everything is
1: good, it's sunny outside, we're good, then you're going to be outside and you're not going to look at the news. But they say it's a volcano happening over here, it's a tornado (laughs) over here, (laughs) it's a flood over here, and, you know, (laughs) a house fire over here. You're like, oh man, let me check that out. Let's see what's going on. So that's how they do financials, that's how they do everything. to to try to keep you engaged and look at the opinion of what's going on. But every situation is is different nowadays because, it, of course, with you being regulated, everything is being regulated, and you got to qualify the right way. Just know what you need to uh, qualify for. Know what you can pay per month. And be realistic with yourself. Mm-hmm. I know you love that palace is there. Yeah. Well, you know that palace is $3,000 a month. You know you can't afford that $3,000. do not go for it. Go for the starter home. Go for the $1,000 payment. Go for the
0: $1,500 payment per month. You still have a home. You still have pride and ownership, and you're good. Right. That's awesome, dude. Now, um, so appreciate you uh, coming in and uh, hanging Absolutely. out with me for sure, man. Absolutely. Uh, you dropped a lot of knowledge for them. Man, that's what I'm here for, bro. So <laughs> I'm not, I, I always said that I wanted to do this with any guests that came in, right. and I want to do kind of a rapid fire, just right. yes or no right. question back and forth. So I'm going to go fast. So coffee or tea? I go coffee all day, baby. All right. Dogs or cats? Dog. <laughs> there you go. W2 or 1099? 1099. Ketchup or mustard? I'm going to go, mmm. <laughs> ah.
1: I like chicken sandwiches. I'm going go with mustard. Mustard? Yeah. On the
0: chicken sandwich?
1: Yeah. <laughs> M- mustard pickles. You never had a, a, what a Chick-fil-A. Doing? What are we doing here? I'm man? A, I'm a, <laughs> a, hey, I'm gonna have to tell you. I'm gonna have to show you. Your, I live down south, so okay. we had chicken sandwiches, throw the mustard with the pickles on that bad boy. Oh my god. Okay.
0: All right, I hear you. Buffalo or barbecue. I'm gonna go uh barbecue, BBQ all day. All right, all right. So I I hear you, man. We're gonna we're gonna come back for that mustard thing. <laughs> that
1: so look, so I know we had ketchup, but I'm literally, that's all I put ketchup on. I mean, ketchup on is uh, fries. That's fries, it. okay. Everything else, like mustard on my sandwich. I'm a, I am like meat, so I'm going to eat a chicken sandwich with with the mustard on there and some the pickles. I'm good. There you go. Or on my sandwich on the Angus burger, I throw the mustard on there, the pickles, and... The blue cheese, and we're on. (laughs)
0: There you go. So um, where can can the listeners, so if they want to know more information about mortgages or they're buying their first home and they just Mm want to get some more info, where can they get with you at? They can call me on my direct line at
1: 313-373-2048 or on my mobile number, 313-433-4690. I'm going to give you two emails to reach me also. I'm going to spell my name out. It's M-A-R-C-E-L. Last name is Dobine. D as in Delta, O, B as in Bravo, I, N as in November, E as in Echo, at quickandloans.com. That's my work email. So obviously, we have uh, aspirations outside of work, so that's when I'm moving towards the business consulting. You can reach me at Marcel Dobine, M-A-R-C-E-L-D-O-B-I-N-E at gmail.com.
0: Awesome, sir. And uh, social medias?
1: Uh, Social medias. I'm... um, Marcel Dolbein underscore CIC. At, uh, on Instagram I forgot to do the handle on that Okay right. And you can just look me up On Facebook
0: Yeah I'm there Alright that'll work That'll work Well hey man I appreciate you coming out Hang out Oh with man us thanks here. man This is fun yeah. man
1: I like this man I need to come back Oh yeah <laughs> we'll, definitely
0: back, we'll definitely have you back man we definitely have you back And uh, to talk about To be the you know The real estate The mortgage expert And stuff like that And uh, of course Providing the value So that is another episode Of The Bags Ladies and gentlemen It's your boy James D Anderson. That's at IMJD Anderson On Twitter Instagram Facebook All that stuff of course, you can go to SoundCloud, you can go to iTunes, and you can go to the podcast store. You can just search hashtag be great. It'll pop up. This is the hashtag be great with your money podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything about business, money, capitalism, and finance. My name is James E. Anderson. I love hanging out with you guys. Thanks for listening, of course, and I will talk to you on the next episode. Peace. This episode of the Be Great With Your Money podcast was brought to you by JDA Solutions, where strategy is how you win financially. Visit jda-solutions.com and click learn more for more information.